Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello and welcome into this week's episode of The Walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machika. South Carolina just capped off a defeat of Mississippi State 37 to 30 at Williams Bryce Stadium. Spencer Rattler was electric as usual. Xavier Legat proving why he is the best receiver in the country. I will break it all down with my guest this week is former intern, fellow co-worker at Gamecock Central, the one, the only Jack Beltry. We will get to that in a second right after these ads. First, I want to talk to you guys about Liberty Tax. Tax anxiety is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irma, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process clear up any confusion and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax, fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents, and when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs. This show is also brought to you by our good friend over at the Movement Mortgage Network, Clint Hammond. In need of help with your mortgage, call Clint. Call our good friend, Clint Hammond, at the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the first-time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important than a well-thought-out financial strategy that comes with 
five-star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. His number is above every single one of the GC Live programming um, at 803-771-6933. Once again, 803-771-6933. And here's Jack. Welcome back into the walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machico. With me this week is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, my fellow intern at Gamecock Central. The interns somehow running the show this week once again. The one, the only, Mr. Jack Veltri. Jack, how are we doing? I prefer the uh, the phrase part time, but anyway, part-time I'm doing... now. That's right. That's yeah. right. Jack, Jack yeah, yeah, yeah. All the big leagues. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing good, man. Uh, last night was a good game, but it was a late one. Didn't get home to Fort Mill, which is an hour drive, probably till about two thirty last night. So we're running on fumes. I'm still wearing what I wore last night, so we're uh, <laughs> we're rolling, man. But uh, what a day of college football, and uh, South Carolina ended it on a high note. So. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta love the night games, man. I, I'm I'm begging for more of them. As we were talking off air, we were just begging, begging for more night games because we love them so much in this industry. So great. Um, but yeah, Jack, great to have you on. You were at the game last night and obviously you, you work for us um, covering the games at the game. Um, so you were there last night. You were there. You got, got a pretty good taste of the atmosphere and everything going on. First off, I mean, what was the atmosphere like and, and how was Willie B.? It was crazy, man. Right from the get-go, I mean, the place was shaking. I mean, you know, they they they, they say, uh, what's the saying? The press box was like swaying a little bit yesterday when Sandstorm was going on, right before kickoff. And honestly, I mean, South Carolina was right. I mean, it pretty much was a sellout. There really weren't that many empty seats, unless you're looking high into the nosebleeds in the upper deck. But it was a it was a really good crowd. And Beamer talked about it all week that. You know, they, they need the crowd to show up. Mississippi State is still learning a new offense. They're not going with the air raid anymore since Mike Leach unfortunately passed away in December. So with Zach Arnett as the head coach, he's a defensive-minded guy. They're learning a new offense. Uh, despite having Will Rogers, who's a veteran under center, uh, it takes time to get used to that stuff. And this is their first true road game. So, um, you know, there's not, there's not really an environment like Willie B that's going to be Super crazy, especially at night. And uh, for some reason, South Carolina just plays – I don't know what it is. They play a lot better at night um, than they do during the day. So, um, that home – they really do have that home field advantage. Yeah, no kidding. And I I also – Colin Taylor has a stat somewhere about night games that, you know, I I need to find – we need to – text him and ask him before before we wrap things up, get that stat going. But, um, yeah, I mean – I also kind of gathered the same thing. Williams Bryce looked, you know, bumping as usual. Um, it's good to, you know, have the support of the crowd and, and everything after, you know, what happened at Georgia. I think, you know, the fan base loved what they saw. And, you know, obviously you lost that game, but it was a stepping stone. And then you come back against Mississippi State, a game that you should win. And, and when they did, um, crowd was great. And at halftime, you know, Shane said, He's like, well, when when this place is jumping, it's it's a weapon for us. So you got to keep them in it. So I, I think that was huge. And keep them in, they did. Um, Mississippi State was able to swing back um, a lot in this game, keep this game close. And that's, I mean, to me, that's really the only reason. Before the game, on Talking Tuesdays, I, I called. I'm like, this game is going to come down to if South Carolina can stop the run. And if they do that, 
it's going to be Will Rogers versus Spencer Rattler. And I think we got that, right? Like, I think the defense was able to stop the run, which I was very impressed with to start. I mean, this is like the first time all year that we've seen them consistently stop the run. Um, big game from Boogie Huntley, big game from Jordan Strawn, two players that I, I hadn't seen much of leading up to this point. And granted, shout out to, to Boogie's mom on Twitter. She's been pointing out the double teams and some of the holding calls that, that Boogie's had. Um, against or in, in particularly the Georgia game. So shout out Miss Huntley for, for pointing that out. Um, so, but yeah, Boogie Huntley, big game defensively. Um, a lot of guys stepping up as well, but Jack, first thing I wanted to talk to you about was the run game for South Carolina. They ran the ball a lot. And in particularly with Mario Anderson, 26 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown for super Mario Anderson. What did you see out of him? And, what did it did this running attack surprise you at all like walk me through what you saw from from the run game yeah i think we kind of knew this week because the team kind of talked about it in pressers carolina calls etc they were going to run the ball a lot more this week that's kind of been the struggle this season like they've been fine passing the ball spencer rattler as we all know is arguably one of the best quarterbacks and we'll get to spencer in a second don't worry like Still, you know, you know he's good. You know X, uh, Xavier Leggett's not an issue. Um, but it comes down to the run game, and South Carolina need to be a lot more balanced this weekend. And just moving forward, just to you know, win these games that they definitely uh, should. Because if you look back at Georgia last week, maybe if they had a better run game, they'd have a better chance at winning. They just they really needed to stop being one dimensional. And last night, it took a lot of carries and a lot of short runs, but they definitely did it. And it started with, uh, as you said, Anderson, who I thought had a really good game. Now, if you look at his at his carries, he didn't have the like the big 20, 25-yard runs, I don't believe. It was just a lot of, you know, Spencer hands the ball off to him, and he's running for five yards. And he was doing that pretty consistently. I think he had, of his 26 carries, I think seven of them went for five or more yards, which is definitely what you want. But the crazy part to me was so on the on South Carolina's first drive, which was a 98-yard touchdown, which was the longest drive of the Beamer era. On their next two drives, one of which was 99 yards, on their second drive, which then became the new record for the uh, the longest drive in the Beamer era, they ran the ball. Gosh, I think on that second drive they ran it maybe 13 times of the 16 plays they ran. It was either the second or third drive, but anyway. It was just a lot of runs, back to back to back, not a lot of uh, passing. And I was a little confused. I'm like, well, I know they want to run the ball more, but why aren't they – why isn't Spencer and X, you know, why aren't they connecting more? But it kind of made sense because you look at it and you see Mario running five yards every every play and they're getting into, into the red zone. So – and then eventually at one point they could just – you know, pummel it in there, and they did a bunch of times. DK had a touchdown last night in the Wildcat, and Mario in the fourth quarter. He he said he he said it was about damn time, man. He uh, pummeled his way in with the help of the O line, with that honestly blocked really well last night. I think they only gave up three sacks, but yeah, man. I think this week was a complete effort. That's really what you needed. You can't to win in this league. You can't just be a passing offense like. Sure, I think Spencer can win most games on his own. But if you want to, especially next week, like if you want to go into these road environments and stuff, you got to be able to do both. And I think last night was a step in the right direction. Yeah, 
Absolutely. You got to play a complete game, especially on the road in the SEC, like you said, Jack. I was also very impressed um, with the ground attack. I know the the YouTube commenters will definitely be happy for, for Mario Anderson because they've seen him quite a bit. Um, I, I feel like that's that's the question Mike and I have been getting quite a bit was where's Mario Anderson? Where's Mario Anderson? There he is. I mean, I was wondering the same thing, man. He yeah. only had, I believe he only had eight carries before last night for, I want to say maybe like 34, 39 yards, maybe. Point yeah. is, that's not enough. Um, no. no disrespect to DK Joyner, man. I, I, love, I love the way that dude plays. He is one of the most athletic talents I've ever seen in college football. But I know he won the starting job fair and square out of camp. But, man, just watching some of his tape, like – he is – I would say this. He's a better in-the-red-zone kind of back. He's someone that you definitely want in the pass-catching game and blocking game. But when it comes to making those cuts and stuff and getting downfield and picking up more yards, like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched all the tape from last night, but I just remember watching from Georgia. His cuts weren't really that great. Like, he just wasn't able to move upfield and read the right gaps and stuff. Like, he had holes. Don't get me wrong. He had holes last week, but – I just don't think he did a great job of getting through them. And, I mean, that's not a knock on him. I think he's a fine player. But yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. I think, you know, DK Joyner is a very, very versatile weapon that you need in the backfield for a good chunk of your plays. But you need a bell cow back, right? You need somebody that's going to carry the bulk of the load and somebody that's going to be able to go up the middle. 26 times or yeah. yeah 26 times a game so i i think mario proved that he can do that now and now you have both options right we saw dk yeah. take some snaps out of the wildcat and i, lo- I love that point it's just he's very versatile and that's why you want him in this offense but you just you need a bell cow back in the sec and so far it's mario anderson 100 i think he definitely mario the big thing i noticed mike you've uh, tweeted about this yesterday um he's obviously a d2 back which Credit to Shane Beamer for finding another diamond in the rough. Um, shout out Newberry. But um, anyway, uh, he has another year of eligibility remaining after this one. So yeah. not like he's a one and done. I definitely think if he stays next year and continues to get the carries like he is right now, which, I mean, he, I mean, he should get the carries next year and this year. But I think he definitely has that potential to be like a Kevin Harris, Mike Davis type that could get a 1,000 yards rushing. Um, I mean, imagine – just imagine how long of a way that would go if uh, Anderson could probably touch 80 to 100 yards every game rushing. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen every game. But, man, I mean, you you will have a much better chance at winning if he's in the backfield and continuing to run like he is. He is a He's a dog back there. Yeah, absolutely. And the run game doesn't come without success on the offensive line. Let's not forget about the forgotten five. Um, Tree Babalade looked fantastic once again. We are big believers of the tree in this program uh, or on this program. So I I can't stop talking about tree enough. Like the kid has stepped up and fulfilled all expectations and more, right? Like at the beginning, we didn't necessarily see him at the beginning of the season. So we were wondering, it's like, all right, like what's wrong with these freshmen? Are they not good to go? But I mean, tree has stepped up in, I mean, especially at Georgia. I mean, we talked about this a lot last week too, to be able to go into Georgia and, and have a performance like that. And then to follow it up with another one, like uh, he did this week, just 
really, really, really impressive stuff from, from Tree. And I'm excited for him, too, because this sets the foundation for these offensive linemen coming up, right? You have Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson, the great wall of Carolina that is supposedly developing in the recruiting portals. And and, and so Tree is going to be a very big part of that. And getting him these reps um, right now, I think, is going to be very huge for the development of Josiah Thompson and Cam Pringle later on. But, I mean, huge, huge day for Tree, Gargiulo. Everybody on the offensive line looked Pretty good. I mean, Spencer was relatively clean, um, wouldn't you say, Jack? Like, yeah. And, and when when Spencer's clean, he does things that are are you know Spencer Rattler level of of greatness. Like I like I said, I'll I'll cut you off for yeah. a second. Like yeah, I yeah. said, he only had he only got sacked three times, which I think I think was much as uh, Will Rogers probably got sacked last night. Yep. But even when the pressure came in Rattler's face, and we'll we'll talk about him more, but I'll briefly talk about him for a second. Yeah. He had those runs. He he was able to move with his legs and put together 20, 20, 25 yard runs and looked really good coming out of the pocket. But yeah, like you said, the O line, I mean, I know losing Marky Anderson for the year is tough, but you get him back next year. I don't know what the situation with Jalen Nichols is. Um, hopefully you get him back this year, but if not, I'm sure he could come back next year if he wanted to. But yeah, those freshmen, man, Tree, Tro. Um, I'm not going to lie, and, and no disrespect to Sidney Fugger, man, but I saw his name pop up on the starting lineup yesterday, and I'm like, oh, God. He, he, I mean, he just let's, – let's just be real. He got obliterated in Georgia, and you definitely want to play the best guys, the best five on that line, and I think the combination with Tree at left, uh, at left tackle, I think it's uh, Tro at right guard. Um, you got uh, Vershawn at center, Garjulo at – uh, left guard and then Ja'Kai Moore at right tackle. I think that's the correct lineup. Um, yeah. That's your starting five right there, I think. I think that's just a solid group. Uh, and Tyshawn Wanamaker also looks pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I think as the season's gone on, man, they've come such a long way since that nine-sack performance yeah. in week one. I thought the sky – I think everyone thought the sky was falling with this O-line. Like, ah, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Back to the struggles that, that, that we've seen in the past and – it comes down to just not having that veteran leadership. Um, I mean, you, you had to replace three guys uh, on that O line that were three year starters, I think, which is yep. it's definitely tough to do. And then you got young freshmen coming in, but man, I'm telling you, the next few years they're going to be special if everyone could stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I credit to coaching too, Lonnie Teasy, Greg Adkins. They've done a terrific job and being able to improve on that nine sack performance in week one. And I mean, I think we, I had kind of said this going into it. I don't think this offensive line was ready to play a North Carolina caliber team week one, but I mean, since then they have, you know, rebounded in a very, very big way. And Gargiulo and Vershawn Lee were talking in their press conferences after UNC and they're like, it just, it needs to be better. And since then it has. And so all credit to the guys on that. Um, Jack, we, we alluded it a little bit. There, we, we have to talk about him, right? Uh, Spencer Rattler was phenomenal as ever. Um, 18 of 20, would, I believe two of those were, were spikes. Um, and for 288 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He keeps doing this week in and week out, and it doesn't seem like he's going to stop. Like it, it, Georgia, it got a little bit away from him at the end because you are te- you are playing backyard football, trying to catch up in that situation, but – he continues to impress week after week. And it's like, all right, when is he, when is he going to falter? When is he going to, you know, start throwing the ball all over the place? And 
personally, I don't think we will. I think we're going to see this. Like, this is the, the Spencer Rattler of, of new and improved. And if he keeps playing like the way he does, dare I say he works his way into the first round of the – I mean, the first round's a little bit of a stretch, but top three for sure. Like, he, the kid is playing with his pants on fire. It's crazy, Jack. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely taking a step up this year. And I think it also just comes down to comfortability. Yes. Uh, Last year was his first year, Carolina, after the whole Oklahoma situation with him getting benched for Caleb Williams and eventually transferring it out. Um, he looked pretty bad at the beginning of last year, but then you saw the last few games what what kind of quarterback Rattler really is, throwing for 500 yards against Tennessee, I think, for five touchdowns, and then continuing that success late in the year. And now that he's got Dowell Loggins as his play caller, which – I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut myself off for a second with Karma Rattler. Hell of a game from Dallas Loggins, man. What a yes. difference! What a difference! I was talking about this with Colin last night after the game. I was just like, you know, man, like what a difference this team has made in a year. Like if if Mark, like no disrespect to Satterfield, but man, like the play calling last year was just it was very conservative and not willing to take those chances until the end of the season. And when they did take those chances, they looked so much better. But man, this year it's been. Dow Loggins, he, he is not really disappointed me or anyone at all. He's been um, as advertised coming from the NFL and Arkansas and all that. So, yeah, there's no doubt he is uh, a great play caller. But back to Rattler for a second. He is – he's on another level this year. Just – it was crazy. He didn't throw up an incompletion, I don't think, until the fourth quarter of last night's game. So, uh, it feels like every game he's getting into that 90% completion rate. Um I don't know what he finished. I think he, I think he finished around ninety percent last night. But yeah. when he, when he's on, he's on. And like I said before, the run game with him, when he's able to get get some space and move, he'll take it. He took those long runs. I think he said he should have had a touchdown last night on one of those long runs he had. But mm-hmm. that's just another weapon because you don't. I don't think you necessarily expect it with him. Like you know he can do it, but it's not like he's a dual threat quarterback that like okay, if the play breaks down, he's going to go ahead and just run it rattler's gonna pass more often than not and like i said before just with the run game too helping him out it just makes everything click so much better you need that balance in college football and man you get everyone going this is a special offense yeah no kidding and i i think the run he isn't as respected on the run and i think that just is because of his reputation that precedes him. He's a quarterback that likes to throw the ball around, and if he gets out of the pocket, his reputation is that he's going to throw it away or make a dumb decision. Well, I mean, the, the Spencer Rattler of new or the, the comfortable Spencer Rattler will take off and, and get out of bounds or slide or make the smart decision with his legs. Um, and his speed is still elite. It's it's He's not the fastest quarterback in the world, but he, he is still really, really, really fast, really quick, agile, athletic as all hell. Um, so it, I mean, if you're South Carolina, I mean, Shane's been saying this all year too, especially going into the Georgia game. If you have seven at your helm and he's playing the way that he's been playing, you can win any football game. And I think we saw that against Georgia too. I mean, Georgia, you need to put together a better second half, but you're, you're still in that ball game for a majority of it. Um, but yeah, if you have seven at the home and, and he continues to play like the way he does, they're going to go and, and, and shock some people. Um, I, I don't put it past them. And like a, with the offensive line, like we were talking about since they're shaping up, I mean, they get better and better every week. It seems like, um, so that's, it's, it's huge 
to have everyone on the same page. And again, yeah, Jack, I, I agree. Shout out Dowell Loggins because that, I mean, that was the most complete game I've seen him call yet as a coordinator at South Carolina. Um, and I think it's just going to keep improving. Like there's every week, there's like one or two things. It's like, all right, Dowell, he missed it there, but every, everything else in the game looked great. And so that was a complete game. If he can go do that at Tennessee, they, they could win this game by a couple touchdowns potentially. Um, but I, I don't want to put that out there because that's not necessarily my prediction yet. But um, we, we will we will get to Tennessee in a second. I did want to talk about Xavier Leggett and then quickly brush over the defense before we get to Tennessee. So another guy I wanted, did want to talk about is Xavier Leggett. Leggett leading the nation in receiving yards. He's very, very, very fast. And when you get him, um, you know, in the machine that is this offense and, and, and it's clicking, um, it, it helps make up for, for the lack of Juice Wells out there when you have a guy like Xavier Leggett who is getting his chance and, and is running away with it, quite literally. Yeah, I mean, that, that fifth, fifth offensive play of the game yesterday, just it was just a simple slant route. And shout out to the O-line and Mario Anderson for blocking right there. Um, there was a linebacker that came straight up the gut. Uh, they had they had an open hole. If no one was there, Rattler was getting sacked on that play. But Anderson, man, the pat the pass pro was good. He just shoved his hands up and blocked him right away, um, giving Rattler the time to throw until he got. And then you know because of how fast he is, I mean, he was running I think like twenty three miles an hour. Him and uh, Rattler were saying after the game, he hadn't just open grass right after his speed just man he's he reminds me of like dk metcalf fast one of those guys that can just you know when he's when he's moving he's gone um but yeah what a game from him um you know for a second there i think in the first half him and uh griffin from mississippi state which griffin man he he had like i think yeah i think look at the stat it was like seven, seven catches, 256 yards and a touchdown i know I, there, was a, there was a it was crazy like it was like a heavyweight fight between probably two of the best receivers in the country. It was just bonkers, man. Like X, I mean, when he he's on a different level this year, he he proved a point, man. He was like coming into the season, you know, I've been working hard. I'm going to make big strides this year and take over. Well, I mean, he has taken over with Juice out. I mean, look, you'd love to have Juice Wells and X in this offense at the same time. And I think if you get Juice back next week, I think things will look really solid. But the fact that you have X, who is basically an NFL caliber receiver with his size and speed, you're in good hands. Like, I wish him and Rattler would connect more, though. I know I know the emphasis was on the run game yesterday. I know. I know. But I don't think five receptions is enough for Leggett. He should at least be getting, like, 10 targets, 10 receptions, that sort of deal. I'm not saying he's going to catch every ball, but you got to. Yeah. This dude is way too talented for one season to not get more targets. But I think when I think at some point, like, look, I don't expect the run game to work like it did every game. I don't, I'm not thinking that's going to be the case. What will work though is that connection between Rattler and X. Man, they've got it going, and just get get him the ball. He will he will make things happen. I promise you. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, he's. The, arguably right now the the best wide receiver in the country, um, certainly playing like it and making a case for him and Spencer to be the best quarterback and wide receiver duo in the country. I know there are quite a few out there. Um, 
that are good, but man, I mean, they look the part right now. And if they can keep it going and, and somehow make a splash up in Rocky Top, they are going to be talked about quite a lot on the national stage. Um, so watch out for that. I also big shout out to Trey Knox. I mean, they threw the tight end a little bit more, but um, you know, we're starting to see the tight end play evolve a little bit more. I did just want to throw that in there before we talked about the defense before we got to Tennessee. Um, so yeah, quickly, Jack on the defense, is there anybody that stood out to you? I know they let up, you know, 30 points to a team that they probably shouldn't have, but again, it was a shootout kind of game. So, I mean, that happens. Who stood out to you? Anybody in particular? Um, like you were kind of referencing before, Joe, I think the D line was pretty good last night, especially in the second half. They were just able to contain the run and slow down the passing game a little bit, to be honest. Like, I think Griffin, most of his yards, I think, came in the first half. I mean, he had like two touchdowns in the first half, but after that, uh, he was pretty quiet. And then, like you said, the boys up front, uh, TJ Sanders, Boogie Huntley, Tonka. Those guys, Jordan Strawn. Jordan Strawn made a hell of a play last night um, coming from the outside on the edge and strip uh, strip sacking Rodgers and forcing a fumble, which South Carolina recovered. Uh, what a hell of a game last night. David Spaulding in the secondary there had a nice game. He had a pick. Um, now, I will say one area of concern I have personally, and then this, this will go for Tennessee mainly um, because they're a pretty good passing offense. Man, the uh, the DBs they they gotta be better. Um, I'm, I'm gonna call him out, DQ Smith. He's got he's gotta be better. He was just when you when you put him up against like I know he's more of a safety, but when you put him in that nickel spot, it was just it was tough for him last night. Him going up against Griffin. I mean, Griffin was he, Griffin's just like X. He's fast. He's quick. He's big. He's tall. DQ is a good he's a good player, but he just he could not contain that guy like. I don't know what I saw it all over Twitter, man. Like everyone commenting, oh, DQ was getting burned like anything last night. And honestly, he was. So he's definitely got to be better. Um, but it's tough, it's tough to replace guys like Cam Smith and Darius Rush when you know, like last year against Tennessee, you know, you're gonna go one on one with them against guys like Jalen Hyatt and stuff, and you're gonna lock them down. It's tough to expect that this year with a bunch of newcomers and stuff, and you got some younger returning guys, but Point is, they just got to be better in the passing game. You can't be letting up almost 500 yards of uh, passing offense against Mississippi State. You're lucky. You're lucky to come away with the win at the end of the day. You did enough to win, but team better. There will be better teams out there that will take advantage of those mistakes. So you definitely need to be better in the passing game. It doesn't just go for last night. It also goes for UNC and Georgia and stuff. There were yeah. definitely a lot of deep balls where. Those guys in the in the outside were getting were getting killed. So, if you're better there in the passing game and you continue to slow down the run like they were last night, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think you know Jack said it. I think you know you're one phase of the game away from from being a really 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 sound football team, and that's communication in the secondary. I think last night it was it just was off for me. I mean, watching it, I, we saw even Worry and DQ just kind of – it was the, the communication was just off a um, couple times. Even Worry got caught, sucked down, watching watching the ball or making an adjustment, um, especially on that one one big shot to Ladere Griffin. Even Worry was down, making an adjustment, missed the snap, and then DQ, left DQ out on an island. Um, so that, that just can't happen. And it's one of those things that you just – you have to rep out in practice. But – 
golly, they were good at stopping the run. They forced Will Rogers to make plays. And they, they pretty much did their job. They It's just that one phase of the game, that that defensive backfield, you got to be able to stop the pass. And I think they did a great job of it against against Georgia for the most part, matching up. They just had to tackle better. So it's it's always one phase of the game for for this uh, for this defense. And I think to Tennessee is going to be their first real test to put it all together. Because I think Tennessee offers it all, Jack, as we transition into the Volunteers. Um, big, big matchup up in Rocky Top, 7.30 kick. Um, it's going to be on SEC Network. It should get a pretty good amount of attention. But, Jack, first off, what are you seeing from the Vols? The Vols are, well, after that Florida game uh, where they just got completely outplayed. So, for some reason, they cannot, they cannot win in Gainesville for some reason. Um, but I do think they're going to be a tougher matchup at home, especially at night. And let me just be clear, this team has not forgotten about last year. Um, in case you haven't been paying attention to South Carolina football for the last year, um, late in the season, South Carolina, heavy underdogs against Tennessee at home, pulled off a miraculous upset, winning 63-38 over the Volunteers, swiftly ending their hopes of making the college football playoff and not intentionally ending Hendon Hooker's career as a Tennessee Volunteer. So if you do not think that the Vols are going to try to run up that score, and blow the brakes off of the Gamecocks, you are sadly mistaken. This team is coming for blood. They don't care. They are ready to let it roll, and they definitely have the talent to do so. However, however, Joe Milton, their quarterback, I don't think is Hennon Hooker. Yes, I think he's a lot more mobile, but I think you put him, him up against Spencer Rattler in a shootout, I think Rattler wins. I think he has the better guns to do it. He's got X. He's got – if Juice returns, that's a – oh, my gosh. It's a world of difference. Um, guys like that, and especially with the run game going now, I think South Carolina could really match up well. But, yeah, you just – you need to slow down Milton in the run game and the passing game. They've got some other good players over there. Um, but I think just this year, Tennessee's going to be coming for blood. And expect, like, a game that's probably, like, 42, 35 – 40. Honestly, we oh, might get yeah. we might get into that sixty range like we did last year. So, yeah, um, yeah, just it's it's tough. I've never. I'm, I mean, I'll be in, I'll be in Knoxville next week. I've never been there for a game in general, but at night I hear it's a tough place to play. Um, so, expect just expect a crazy atmosphere. Expect this to be the toughest game of the season, even though Tennessee is not as good as I think everyone thought they were. I'd probably say they're probably like a nine eight. 10, maybe a 10-win team now with a bowl game. Um, but I just don't think they're as good as last year. But at, at the same time, South Carolina has got to be on their A game. This, they, they have to play clean for 60 minutes because it could be a very long night in Rocky Top hearing that damn song over and over and over again. Yeah, I was going to say, Jack, you, you better be listening to it on the way and have it toned out because they play that song quite a bit up there. And I, I couldn't agree more with your point. I mean, I think Tennessee and, and their entire fan base has had this game circled for a long, long time. Um, so I, I think they're going to be ready for this game. Josh Heupel is going to find any and all motivation. I, and Shane is smart enough not to give them any uh, any any ammo for motivation. Um, but Tennessee's going to come ready to play. Um, you know, I, I think getting their teeth kicked in at the swamp 
left a very bad feeling and kind of just reminded them that they were human as well. I think, you know, Joe Milton, when, when he's on, he's on, man. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country when, when he's completing passes, but we haven't really seen that yet. I mean, 62% completion percentage isn't bad, but also isn't, you know, up there with the elites quite yet. But man, you, if you're this defense, you've got to stop the passing attack and, also have to stop the run, too, because Tennessee has two two guys that, I mean, they lean on quite a bit. Jalen Wright, Jabari Small. Jabari Small, we saw a lot of last year. Um, so it you're going to see quite a bit of just offense in general from uh, both these teams. And I, I agree, Jack. I think it's going to be a really, really, really high-scoring affair. It's just going to come down to who can, who can make the stops in crunch time. Um, and if you do that, you're going to win the game, plain and simple. And you guys, I mean, y'all will see um, our predictions. Obviously, we, we we post them each week. I'm still leaning towards South Carolina just because I think, you know, last year the Tennessee team looked very unbeatable and came into a very hostile Williams-Brice and, and lost this year. I think they look beatable, but yet you're still going up to Rocky Top. But, I mean, South Carolina's already played in a hostile environment already. They, they know what it's like at Sanford Stadium. I mean, that was an elite college football atmosphere. Um, a week ago. So I think they're ready and playing in Williams Bryce, um, certainly another atmosphere that's up there, but I mean, you're at home, so it's, it's a little different, but I mean, man, like you, you gotta be able to make the stops. That's all this is going to come down to. And if you can pressure Joe Milton, I think that helps quite a bit. And this last game from Boogie Huntley and Jordan Strawn in particular gives me a lot of hope that they're, they're going to be able to do that. I think, you know, defensive line, especially, it's a group that really rides off of, you know, good performances. And so I think these next couple of weeks, we're going to see Boogie Huntley and Jordan Strawn step up and have bigger and better weeks. Um, so, Jack, before I get you out of here, I'm going to let you, uh, as always, I'll, I'll let the guests plug anything and everything. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, man. So um, if, if, if you follow, if you followed me along for long enough now, you'll know my life is, always busy um it's been this way for like a year and a half now um outside of uh outside of journalism i am a well now i'm a part-time teacher i work at a school in uh indian land south carolina helping out teaching kindergarten um and i also am a on the side part-time bus driver for the kids so it's uh it's a lot of fun uh, it helps you know it's my main source of income right now which i definitely need um, but anyway, outside of that, um, I love writing for Gamecock Central. Best, this is where I got my start, man, for sure. And I love working here. It's it's, it's an absolute blast. Uh, and then every Friday night now, I'm covering high school football um, in the Fort Mill area, covering Fort Mill High School. I just covered them last week, um, and I've covered Nation Ford and Catawba Ridge as well. But I'm happy to announce, and I posted about this the other day, but I have been hired at the Rock Hill Herald in Rock Hill, South Carolina, to help cover some Friday night football in what is called Football City USA with Rock Hill, South Point, Northwestern. Some of the best high school football you'll get, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but I'll also be covering other stuff like weather, news, that sort of thing. So um, it's a very good opportunity, but, man, I let me just say, man, I love, I love working at Gamecock Central, and I'm honored – to have been here as long as I have working with you, my friend. And I'm, I'm, ha I'm grateful to Brian Shoemaker and Colin Taylor and everyone else for, you know, sticking with me and helping me out. And I'm happy to be 
staying around even while I'm doing all these other jobs. So um, yeah. shout out to everyone that works here and shout out to all the subscribers and supporters that watch us and read our work every week, man. We are nothing without you guys. So we, uh, I definitely appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone else can kind of say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, we couldn't let you off the hook that easily. Well, Jack, as always, it's great catching up with you. Appreciate you joining me on this Sunday afternoon. Go get some football in you. Let's do it. Go Bills, baby. Absolutely. Go Bears, as always. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in to this week's edition of The Walkthrough. We will be back at you next week with the guest TBD. We will see uh, you after, after uh, the game in Rocky Top. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next week. All right. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.